Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm James Paleologopoulos. Boston has been seeing some cool temperatures and sun lately. Temperatures for Friday are expected to reach a high of 62 degrees, while Saturday will have a high of 76, along with cloudy weather throughout the weekend. Now, we'll move into the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On Wednesday, one member of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. A single student tested positive while all faculty and staff tests came back negative for the day. For the week of October 1st to October 7th, 0.05% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.06% of tested faculty and 0.05% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took 20 hours to process each test. In total, 141 members of the BU community have tested positive this fall. 12 students are currently in isolation, and 93 have recovered from the disease. Alala Kajioka is here now to report on how Boston University is reaching out to the campus community with a virtual mental health screening. On Thursday, Boston University emailed its students, staff, and faculty, inviting them to take a free virtual and confidential mental health screening. The screening asks participants to choose statements about how they have been feeling or thinking for the past few days. It then asks a few questions about any experiences participants may have gone through, such as about substance use or eating habits. When all of the questions have been answered, the screening offers information on what someone may be experiencing based on symptoms and links to certain resources. Information on where to receive further help on campus might also be given. This is the 12th year this screening has been provided. Last year, 400 people participated in the screening, in which nearly half showed signs of depression or anxiety. Mental Health Committee co-chair Savannah Maharwitz emphasizes that it is especially important during the pandemic, a time when social interactions are limited to check in with your mental health and get help if needed. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Lala Kajioka from WTBU News. Joining us now is Grace Ramey with the latest on Boston Public Schools after the district delayed the next phase of school reopenings this week. Despite an agreement that the Boston School District would transition to fully remote learning if the city's coronavirus positivity rate reaches 4%, the Boston Teacher Union is seeking injunction over the city's decision to keep some educators in schools. The next phase of school reopenings in Boston were delayed on Wednesday after the city's positivity rate hit 4.1%, but school buildings remained open for high-need students who have already returned. Educators and staff members who provide services for these students are expected to continue reporting to the school as this group of students is composed of students with severe disabilities, limited English backgrounds, and students facing homelessness or involvement with child protective services. The district argues that because the Boston Public Health Commission determined it is safe for schools to be open, these staff members should remain in schools. However, Union President Jessica Tang said in-person work for union members should remain optional until the positivity rate falls below 4% again. Allison Doherty, a public high school teacher at Fenway High School who works with autistic students, said in a statement to the Boston Globe, We feel completely betrayed. Everyone is irate and scared and feels disrespected. They're trying to pit parents and teachers against each other, and that's just not fair. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Grace Ramey for WTBU News. Now we'll head over to Isabel Wolfing for a story on how six men are in jail after a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan was discovered by the FBI. Six men were charged Thursday for plotting with a militia group to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer at her vacation home before the presidential election, citing the Whitmer had uncontrolled power. According to a criminal complaint filed in federal court, the group had plans in motion since this summer to take Whitmer hostage. 
They rehearsed the kidnapping in August and September, conducting firearm training and combat drills, and had gatherings to discuss the mission. In the late summer months, the men had surveilled Governor Whitmer's northern Michigan home and discussed moving her to a secure location in Wisconsin for a trial. The Federal Bureau of Investigation stated that they intercepted encrypted messages by the group, leading them to dispatch undercover agents and confidential informants to work with and learn more about the conspirators. In their investigation, the FBI got a hold of statements from the group saying they were willing to take violent action against multiple state governments, whom they believe were violating the U.S. Constitution. Democratic Governor Whitmer has been deeply criticized since April by right-wing protesters after she imposed strict regulations in order to limit the spread of COVID-19. In May, Republicans in the legislature had sued Whitmer over the executive orders she imposed while strong opponents of her lockdown orders filed petitions seeking to repeal the law giving state governors authority to declare emergencies during a public health crisis. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Isabel Wolfing for WTBU News. Next, a story from Lily Kepner regarding the next presidential debate and when the second one might be taking place. The Commission for Presidential Debates announced Thursday morning that the next presidential debate, originally scheduled for October 15th, will be held online to protect everybody's health and safety. This news comes just a day after Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Kamala Harris went head-to-head at Wednesday night's debate in Utah. Trump initially denounced this idea as, quote, ridiculous, saying, quote, I'm not going to waste my time, end quote. Later in the day, however, both campaigns agreed to a suggestion from Biden campaign to simply delay the debate a week to October 22nd, when the third debate was initially scheduled. It is unclear as to the number of remaining debates. However, ABC News said that Biden is scheduled to appear at a town hall on the 15th when the debate would have been held. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Lily Kepner for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Victoria Popovska about a massive fire in one of South Korea's largest cities. On Thursday, a large fire engulfed a 33-story residential high-rise in Ulsan, South Korea. Hundreds of people had to be evacuated from the building, and dozens of them suffered smoke inhalation, according to the Yonhap News Agency. Reportedly, the fire broke out between the 8th and 12th floors and was spread throughout the building by high winds. The fire is reported to have been extinguished as of Thursday night. The Ulsan Fire Department reported that 77 people have been treated for smoke inhalation. Firefighters are continuing to search for people that may still be in the building. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Victoria Popovska for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Mia McCarthy, Megan Gregoire, Alex Corey, Grace Ferguson, and Evan Jimenez, I'm James Paleologopoulos, reporting from Agua, Massachusetts, for WTBU News.